Coming up on Studios America, wouldn't it be great to engage with pop culture without the liberal propaganda? That's the premise of Alex Clark's new show with Turning Point USA. We'll talk to her about it in just a minute. And you can now register as Gender X in the state of New York, which is great because Governor Andrew Cuomo will be registering as something else there very soon. And now we go on to the main story today. The media has loved smearing Ronald Reagan since the 1980s. I think it's just their kink or something, I don't know. I wanna take a minute and debunk one of the worst lies about the Gipper. So let's do Reagan versus AIDS. Stu does America. Well, everybody, it's Pride Month. I hope you're excited and having a wonderful time so far. And you know what? Between the rainbow logos on Twitter, the set of rainbow Legos, and the gay cereal boxes, I feel like I am now fully LGBTQIA2 plus aware. I have plenty of awareness. Though I will admit, I totally thought Tony Tiger was bi. I just, that was my guess, and I was wrong. You learn something new every day. So with so much coverage of Pride Month, what can I, here on Studios America, possibly add to that puzzle? Well, what about disassembling a slander of one of our greatest presidents? Today, we talk about the long-standing accusations in the media about Ronald Reagan and how he supposedly ignored the AIDS crisis. Celebrities mention this all the time. Here's Mia Farrow. Chilling, upsetting, and hateful. The Reagan White House press briefing erupted with laughter 13 times over AIDS. Mia, the ever-relevant ever celebrity that she is, linked to a BuzzFeed story, which is probably most responsible recently in the last few years of this accusation being spread. 13 times the Reagan White House press briefing erupted with laughter over AIDS. The headline sounds pretty bad, and the picture is even worse. Here's Ronald Reagan laughing about AIDS. Look at that evil bastard. It reminds me of an old flyer that labeled it AIDSgate. Ooh. And an article from The Advocate referring to him as Adolf Reagan. Super classy stuff. Just two of the many awful names given to Reagan because of the way he dealt with AIDS. BuzzFeed obviously promotes this like it's some open and shut case. I mean, they found the Reagan White House press briefing laughing about AIDS 13 times. So it's pretty open and shut. So first, I guess we should look at those 13 dates, shall we? Okay, first you have October 15th, 1982. And you have June 13th, 1983. And December 11th, 1984. And and that's it. There's, there's not 13 times at all. BuzzFeed only cited three press conferences. Three, not 13. So where did they get the 13 laughs from? What they're referring to is the 13 bursts of laugh, laughter within the three press conferences. Okay, it's a bit of a stretch, but let's go there. Let's go through these 13 examples, shall we? At least two of the bursts of laughter happened before AIDS was even introduced as the topic. So yes, laughter occurred. AIDS was discussed in the press conference, but the laughter wasn't about AIDS. It happened before AIDS was even talked about. How disingenuous is that? Now we're down to only 11. Seven of the bursts of laughter happened in one press conference in 1982, where the press secretary outwardly admitted he hadn't even heard of AIDS. He didn't even know what it was yet. 
That brings you down to four. And if you understand the timeline, it's not a huge surprise. It was 1982. Many doctors didn't even know what AIDS was yet. Think about what the, uh, this whole thing with the context of COVID-19. We had a pandemic begin. We found the virus and the genetic code and then had several working vaccines within a year. This is easy work, right? Doctor, <laughs> science, that's, that's cake. Well, back in the 1980s, it took doctors and scientists four years to even identify the virus that caused AIDS. People were just getting sick and no one knew what the cause of it was. This is a different era. When it was brought up to the press secretary at the time, he literally said, quote, what's AIDS? And later said, quote, I don't know anything about it. There were no examples of the press secretary saying, you know, what's funny, everyone dying of AIDS. That's hilarious. Most of the other laughter was just the press secretary and reporters busting on each other. Obviously, it's easy to look back and remove the context of a bunch of old transcripts. But the truth is, people in the early 80s didn't even know what AIDS was yet, let alone understand how serious it was. You can't go back and judge these comments with all of the knowledge that we have today. For example, what if someone today referred to AIDS as the gay plague? Or what if someone today suggested that a great way to stop AIDS would be to tell, would to, you know what, stop, stop, tell all those gays to stop having random sex with each other. If that happened today, people would be rightly horrified. But both of those comments were asked in questions by reporters in those press conferences. That's not the Reagan administration from reporters. That's why BuzzFeed wrote this headline in such a very careful way. Look at it carefully. The 13 times the Reagan White House press briefing erupted in laughter. They had to write it like that because the reporters provided much of the laughter, not the Reagan administration. But look, a picture is worth a thousand words. Look at this. Reagan is laughing. You see it quite clearly. And it is true. That is clearly showing Reagan took AIDS lightly, right? We'll have more on that picture in just a second. But even if the Reagan White House wasn't in utter hysterics about the comedy of the AIDS virus, the media wants you to know that those evil conservatives did not take it seriously. Ronald Reagan didn't say the word AIDS until 1987. Hmm. This is a statement many people still throw around today, and it is 100% untrue. I'm so sorry, historian lady on PBS. Reagan first spoke publicly on AIDS at a press conference on September 17th, 1985. And that might seem a little late to you. Maybe, you know, kind of looking back, that might seem bad if from today's perspective. But again, you have to put it in the context of the time. AIDS was such a non-issue in the discussion of politics at that time. Ronald Reagan went through the entire 1984 presidential debate season without being asked about AIDS once. No questions at all from the same media companies that complain about Reagan today. So isn't the media just as culpable as Reagan was? And while Reagan wasn't talking publicly about AIDS before 1985, Reagan's White House was quietly doing something about it. In 1982, while the Reagan administration was supposedly erupting with laughter over AIDS, Reagan approved $8 million to fight and research AIDS. 
1983, that went up to 44 million, an increase of 450%. In 1984, 103 million, an increase of 134% year-to-year. In 1985, 205 million, a year-to-year -year increase of 99%. In 1986, 508 million, a year-to-year -year increase of 148%. In 1987, 922 million, an increase year-to-year -year of 81%. In 1988, 1.6 billion, an increase of yet another 74%. This is a guy who's trying to cut the budget, by the way, we should point out. In 1989, Reagan's last budget, it was $2.3 billion, an increase of yet another 44%. By the end of his administration, Reagan has raised AIDS research funding by 290 times the first year in office he had. You're not going to see BuzzFeed tweeting about that. But then again, I suppose, who cares? Because no matter how much money you spend, you still have this picture. Ronald Reagan yucking it up about AIDS. Again, more on that in a second. Here's the first question Ronald Reagan was ans uh, asked about AIDS in 1985. Quote, would you support a massive government research program against AIDS like the one that President Nixon launched against cancer? Did Reagan laugh the question off? No. He said, quote, I have been supporting it for more than four years now. It's been one of the top priorities with us. And over the last four years, including what we have in the budget for 1986, it will amount to over a half a billion dollars that we've provided for research on AIDS in addition to what I'm sure other medical groups are doing. Reagan had been working on AIDS for four years. So that means he started working on AIDS in 1981, the first year the CDC officially labeled AIDS an epidemic and the first year Ronald Reagan was in office. When Reagan heard about AIDS, he started doing something about AIDS in year one. But again, that doesn't mean he didn't laugh about it. That bastard. There's that picture again from BuzzFeed. Oh my gosh, look at that. Ronald Reagan is there and he is laughing. There's no denying it. But what BuzzFeed doesn't want you to know is that he's not laughing about AIDS. The press conferences they quoted are from 1982, 83, and 84. This picture was taken on September 6th, 1985. This picture has absolutely nothing to do with him laughing about AIDS. It's just Reagan laughing. As if, I, I mean, as if it could get any worse. It's almost as if BuzzFeed reporters just went to the Reagan Library website, clicked on the heading press briefing, and picked the first picture where he's laughing. By the way, that's exactly what they did. When you go to the Reagan Library website, uh, website, click on the press briefing section, there it is. Yeah, and if you click on the picture, it gives you this information. President Reagan, Beryl Sprinkle, which is not only an awesome name, but an awesome dessert topping. And Larry Speaks during a press briefing on the economy, the economy, in the press room 9685. On the economy, not AIDS. Those are the facts. But the facts don't limit this picture from being passed around on the internet as proof that Reagan laughed in the faces of AIDS victims everywhere. Since AIDS, we've passed through dozens of diseases that seemed incredibly serious at the time, only to fade away. Uh, SARS, flesh-eating bacteria, bird flu, swine flu, West Nile virus, mad cow disease, and some of them work out to be really terrible as we've learned this year with COVID-19. 
In retrospect, we all wish we would have acted faster on AIDS and recognized how serious it was much earlier. But that doesn't justify fabricating storylines, posting misleading photos, and straight out lying about one of our greatest presidents. Happy Pride Month, everybody. I'm just going to tell you straight out, you need Built Bars in your life. They need to be part of your life, part of your core. Built Bar is a protein bar that's healthy. It's low in calories. It's high in protein. It's high in fiber. It's low in carbs. And it tastes delicious. That's really the only thing I actually care about. But my wife, who actually is in shape, cares about other things. She cares about making sure she has great flavor and all of the good stats that are supposed to go along with the food that you eat. Uh, they have cookies and cream, caramel brownie, raspberry, birthday cake, uh, grasshopper cookie just came out as well. They're always coming out with new flavors. So you should go back to Built Bar often because they're always giving you new options to try. BuiltBar.com is the place to go. You use the promo code STU15. You'll save 15% off your next order. The promo code is STU15 because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you get 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Promo code STU15. Thanks so much for showing up today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Who Does America podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, five stars is the appropriate number of stars. And, you know, a little review. It's great. Whatever. That's totally fine. I don't care what it actually says. Just put five stars and then I don't care. Uh, happy to welcome into the studio Alex Clark. She's a contributor to Turning Point USA and host of the first ever conservative pop culture show, Poplitics. Alex, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Stu. I'm happy so, to be here. I'm so excited you're here. This is so cool. Um, my wife loves your show. Everybody around here seems to love your show. Um, Thank you. You know, and uh, let me start with your show here for a second. You're doing something totally different. And, and it's, I think it's really important. Uh, what you're doing, because I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who are totally adjacent to politics. They don't think about tax policy, you know, but they they look at this and they say they, they, they see the world through these big pop culture stories and they only get one side of them. They only get the side that's loving the woke, a big hu warm hug about whatever liberal policy there is. And they never even consider the other side. You're bringing that to them in a really fun way and it's making a big difference. Thank you so much for saying that, first of all. I, I think, you know, a lot of people just are living um, in a bubble where they do not understand that you think an outlet like TMZ or E! News is very innocent. Oh, they're just covering celebrities. Right. You know, what is political about talking about who Jennifer Aniston is dating? I am telling you, if you really read those articles and look at the posts on E! News' Instagram and stuff, it is all filtered through this left-wing perspective. Every single thing has a left-wing filter on it. And so it's very, very jarring when you start to look into it. And I just thought, man, if we could just have, you know, Fox News, News and E! News, if they had a baby, what would that be? What would that look like in the yeah. conservative movement? And I thought, well, that's me. That's literally my personality. I love all things pop culture, entertainment news. I love politics. I've been a conservative my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to create this show. And so that's how politics came about. Uh, it's a great idea. And I think like, you know, I, I often will, uh, I kind of have a similar relationship with sports and that like, I love sports, but you watch sports and you see so much of it goes through this like left wing machine and comes out the other side side as Colin Kaepernick or LeBron James. And it freaking drives me nuts because yeah. I love sports. I love watching it. But these sports stories drive me crazy. And so many people who only watch sports only get that view. So I'm constantly ranting against people like Colin Kaepernick. Yep. Um, it, I think there's so many people out there that are never going to go watch Mike Lee talk about taxes, but they they will 
uh, watch you talk about pop culture and inher like inherently agree with you. Like they actually do agree with the conservative position already on this stuff. They just never hear it. That's the thing. A lot of young people are conservative. They just don't know it. Yeah. And so what I do is I present conservative ideas and conservative views, and it's not scary. It's yeah. cotton candy conservatism. And so I do talk about taxes, but I do it and I play videos of Cardi B talking about taxes. She says, <laughs> yeah. where the F is the, my money going? You know, and she's she actually has a lot of conservative viewpoints. And yet she's sitting down with Bernie Sanders and right. interviewing him in a nail salon. Why is she doing this stuff? And so I'm the only person that's calling this stuff out. You know, E and TMZ, they're just going to say, oh, wow, how cool Cardi B is talking to Bernie yeah. Sanders. But nobody asks any of these questions. Cardi B has a gun range in her house, and yet she is advocating for socialist politicians. Why? Nobody is asking those whys, um, you know, in a way that these young people are actually going to watch. And so I kind of introduce them. I, I look at myself, if you think about a restaurant uh, and you think about a hostess, okay, their job at a restaurant is to welcome people in, make sure they're comfortable, get them a little drink, a little appetite. <laughs> Sure, sure. And then somebody will come and give the full course meal. Uh, my job, I see my position in the conservative movement. I am the hostess. I am welcoming people in. I'm just making sure they have a good time. I'm, you know, giving them a little snack here and there, a little nibble. And then somebody like Glenn Beck, somebody like you, somebody like Charlie Kirk, they're given the full course meal. And I'm just making sure they're comfortable and seated. And we need more of those people to just introduce conservatism in a way that these young people that think that they're not into politics will actually consume. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so important. I mean, I, you know, I love I love my nerdy charts and all that stuff. But like not everyone does. I've noticed people are less enthusiastic about Excel than I am. Uh, it's not that many uh, <laughs> people who are on my boat on that. So let me go to some of the stuff, because I think maybe the, the easiest way to connect people who are maybe not necessarily don't think about politics all that much or don't think they do uh, to the conservative viewpoint is this sort of woke thing that is happening right now. Mm -hmm. I think people inherently think it's crazy, right? Like they will look at like, okay, well, uh, should should a guy be able to go against uh, our high school, you know, girls tra track team? Right. And I think everyone immediately knows that's nuts. In a way, it's really I think helpful to highlight a lot of these people making these arguments because. It really, I think, is repulsive to a lot of people. Yeah, so many times I share those types of stories or show those cringe compilation videos of just leftists act, <laughs> acting crazy. You know the ones where the girls are screaming in their car oh, and they yeah. just look nuts? Yes. Like seriously unhinged because mm -hmm. they are. Mm -hmm. Purple hair, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> and so I share those videos or talk about these stories, even just on social media, if I just tweet that out. I get so many people that I know, my friends, they're more liberal, but they see that and they go, you know what? I don't know if I'm conservative, but I'm not that. Yes. And let me tell you something, that is your in with these people. Your friends that are unsure if they want to say, if they want to embrace conservatism, if you can at least get them to admit, you know what, conservatives are not that bad compared to this. That is how you just plant the seed. And then you start to build a relationship with them, build rapport. And then when you want to give them a huge truth bomb about something, they're more apt to listen to you. It's making sure that you're building this friendship. The thing about me with all these young girls and politics has an audience of over 75% women ages 18 to 34 at politics on Instagram. The thing about my audience is that they feel like they're my friend. So as a friend, if I tell them something that's a little hard to hear, they feel I'm their friend. Right. So they're like, OK, well, she's my friend. I trust her. Let me see what she has to say. I'm not just like some talking head that they don't. You know, I share personal stuff with me. I share stuff about my life. So this audience of young people, they trust me when I say, guys, this is messed up.
Yeah, no, it's, it's totally true. And I, what you're talking about is persuasion, right? Like I know, you know, if I go out, I, I tons of friends that uh, don't agree with me politically and we're out at dinner and if something comes up, of course, you know, this probably happens to you too. They ask a lot about politics because they know this is what you do for a living. And when I talk to them, they don't, they're not repulsively against, they don't retract to yeah. some conservative opinion. They'll consider it because A, I'm not attacking them, right? And B, they know at least I'm somewhat sane right now. <laughs> or they would be out at dinner with me probably. Um, it has the conservative movement, are we mastering the balance between culture war, where we're out there, you know, we're pushing as hard as we can, and you gotta have some of that, and persuasion, which is more of an understated thing where you're talking to, your, to a friend rather than a political enemy. Well, I think it's a mastering, you know, both of these kind of in tandem. But, you know, I think in 2021, I can confidently say we are at the beginning of fighting this culture war, but we're a lot further than we were in 2016 because we have people, places like The Blaze. We have The Daily Wire now, Turning Point USA, doing our media department, you know, putting out shows like Politics. So because of this, we're starting to now see, okay, there's a shift. Okay, we're actually, it's not just conservative shows that suck. Like these are great, yeah. entertaining <laughs> yeah. conservative shows covering, you know, all facts. It's Turning Point USA is about to launch a, a sports show. You're talking about sports. Mm. We have my pop culture show. You guys have, a, you know, a variety of different shows. You guys have Chad Prather here, you know, yeah. comedian, which yeah. is so great. You know, Daily Wire's got Gina Carano from Disney and Star Wars that they're going to come out with some stuff. So we have now, we're starting to see, okay, we have had this stereotype as conservatives that we're lame, we're not cool, and we don't understand culture. That's not true. And that's what I've really tried to bust, that stereotype with politics. And that's what I think a lot of young girls are resonating with is like, okay, I felt like I didn't really have a home in the conservative movement. I like pink. I like keeping up with the Kardashians, but I also know that I love conservative policies and I like small government. Where do I fit in? And so that's kind of what I wanted to try to build. You bring up uh, Gina Carano, which I, I was I was going over. I was going to do a show this week about this, but I got behind and I'm on vacation next week, so it's going to have to wait a little bit. But I kind of wanted to come up with like the ultimate list of the most pure examples of cancel culture. Like which one? Because a lot of times you see this from the left. They'll be like, oh, come on. Cancel culture doesn't even exist. It's just people being held responsible for what they do. And I think that's such a transparently false argument. Uh, it's uh, on its surface is just false. And examples like Gina Carano, I think, are, are maybe the best one. Also, we talked a little bit on radio earlier today uh, about Chris Harrison from yes. The Bachelor. And again, like, I mean, Gina Carano seems relatively conservative. Obviously, she's over at The Daily Wire. Chris Harrison, I have no idea what his politics are. He's probably left. Gina Carano seemed more willing to fall on the sword uh, on her own will, she was like, you know what, I'm that, yeah. you know, I'm willing. She knew she was going hard in the paint, sharing her views, knowing <laughs> I'm probably <laughs> right. going to lose my job. But I think she was kind of ready for that. Chris Harrison was genuinely just trying to advocate for grace for somebody yes. for a, you know, I don't even know, I don't even know if it was a mistake. I really don't even think it was a mistake that so. that girl went to an old South party. She knew nothing. It wasn't malicious. It's like uh, Ellie Kemper the it, other day. Exactly. Like, she didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't malicious, and so I think that Chris Harrison was just trying to do that, and then he. He got forced into, okay, well, now I'm going to have to resign, but give me a lot of money. You know, he just got a bunch of money. Yeah, that's the only thing that keeps me. I, it makes me think Chris Harrison isn't in the one shot slot if he got eight figures to leave. Right. It feels a little bit like a little better than cancellation. And think about Kevin Hart, you know, with yeah. hosting the Oscars a few years back. They went back and found old tweets. And the thing is, is that comedy changes, you know, and, and mm -hmm. we have so many pop culture trends throughout the years of what's funny now is just not super funny now. You know, even memes, memes have a lifespan. Certain memes don't become cool after a certain amount of months, you know? Yeah. So with Kevin Hart's jokes, maybe they're not cool now, but it, in 2010, people thought that stuff was funny. And so he, he was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not even going to host the Oscars. You guys are wanting me to apologize and do all these things. I'm, I'm out.
Well, we see this, though. It's it's not just big celebrities, right? I mean, like, you know, Kevin Hart, look, he can fall back on his $8 billion or whatever how much money he has. He's probably going to be okay, even though that was totally wrong, totally wrong. And by the way, it was conservatives fighting for Kevin Hart, who's not a conservative. Absolutely. Trying to enforce those principles. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've done that on this show. Ellie Kemper's no conservative, but it was wrong what happened to her. And and because conservatives all share these different values. We, we within the conservative movement, we can vary on social issues, but when it comes to things like freedom of speech, free markets, you know, law and order, these are all things that we all agree on mm -hmm. as conservatives. And so we can sit there and say, okay, Kevin Hart, he's not not a conservative, but we can have his back on this because we're talking about the issue of free speech, and so we should have his back on this. The left would never do that, um, no, you know, never. for a conservative. They don't. It's, which is remarkable. I mean, you'd think, in a way, you'd want that protection, right? Like, I'd want to, like, I like the fact when a conservative is in the middle of a cancellation, I can say, like, I, I backed Kevin Hart, and I backed Ellie Kemper, and I backed all these other people. But it's not just celebrities, right? It's also, like, Regular freaking people. Regular people. Who, Police who officer nothing. recently was just fired from his job. He just posted a video, I, I believe, on TikTok or something talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About uh, LeBron James. About LeBron James. <laughs> My favorite topic. So that's a great example. When people try to say that cancel culture doesn't exist, I think, well, I don't know. Maybe not for the left. Jeffrey Tubin just got yeah. his job back at CNN. So maybe maybe cancel culture doesn't exist for the left because there's always double standards for the left. But you cannot argue that that does not exist for people on the right. And I should sure. point out, uh, don't be an idiot. Don't be a LeBron at don'tbealebron.com. Make sure you go get that shirt right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it is true. And it, like, you know, we've seen, we talked to a guy, you know, this is probably a year ago now, uh, who was just in his, in his truck going to work and had his, fing his hand dangling outside of his car and he had, it, it, someone took a picture with his, with the OK symbol. That's right. And he was fired. And these people just go away. Like it comes in and out of our news cycle. These lives are destroyed by this. And, you know, again, uh, coming back to the same theme, this is the type of thing I think that brings people to the conservative table. They see these just drastic unfairness, uh, this unfairness that's being spread all over regular people for no reason other than this weird like virtue signaling. And you can find, by the way, pictures, the OK symbol, which is, you know, made up, whatever. Totally, yeah. The whole yeah. the controversy around that is just is bogus. Mm -hmm. But you can find tens of pictures of Obama and AOC and yeah. everybody they worship on the left <laughs> doing the same gesture with their hands when they're talking, whatever. And they never hold them to that standard and call them out. Is this a white supremacist signal, bat signal, you know? It never, it never does. All right, uh, I have two more things for you. First, Demi Lovato. Uh, she was in the news recently because I think she's non-binary now. Uh, she's also in the news recently for criticizing a town here in South, uh, in uh, Texas, for being uh, racist. And her evidence of this was a video of a bunch of parents saying, like, "Hey, we don't think you should treat, you should talk, teach uh, critical race theory to our kids." Uh, she has been one of the more frustrating celebrities, but I think a good example of what's wrong with the left. Oh, Demi Lovato is a great example, and she's somebody that if they really, truly, you know, they talk about how so compassionate they are, and they're so much more caring than conservatives, and yet they have somebody like Demi Lovato, who to me is the prime example of somebody who is struggling exponentially when it comes to mental illness, mm. you know, drug abuse, all these different things. She's clearly gone through some stuff that I don't think she shared with the public that's causing all of these issues as a domino effect with her, with eating disorders, not knowing her gender identity. She's tried a hundred different religions all these different yeah, things, yeah. and yet they just say, oh, great, Demi, I guess you're non-binary now. We're just going to, you know, that's great. We're going to, you know, worship that and pl plaster it everywhere and just say how great it is. Instead of asking the questions of, are you okay? Mm. 
I wonder if somebody would have asked her a long time ago, are you okay? Would she have gone through half of the stuff that we've seen her tragically go through in the media? But nobody wants to ask because instead it's not politically correct to say, maybe you're struggling with something here. Right, right. And, and that needs to be asked <laughs> this, yeah. in that case in particular. Okay, last question for you. I need you to explain first, but then answer the following question. Okay. Would you still love your significant other if they were a worm? <gasps> oh, this is a question I always ask why Keith Servant is. Mm -hmm. Would you still love someone if they were a worm? It's a great question to see mm -hmm. how you care about somebody. I would say yes, because think about it. If you really truly love someone, what's the, the best? If you really love them, you wanna be around them all the time. And if they're a worm, you can fit them in your pocket and they can be with you <laughs> all day. <laughs> there it is. We have the official answer from Alex Clark. This is amazing. Alex Clark, contributor at Turning Point USA, host of Politics, something you definitely gotta follow, especially if you have, if you, you, know, if you have a, a younger conservative in your life and you, someone maybe who isn't conservative and you just want to kind of get them get them get them the hostess at the front of the restaurant <laughs> they got to talk together to get to a table right turning point usa and host of politics thanks so much for coming in today it was great thank you so much thanks so much for doing america with me this week i'm going to take a break from it next week however that means you're in charge Make sure you take, take care of the space, okay? No, no, no big parties. Okay, calm down. If you get a second, head over to my Instagram page, at Stu Does America. Get exclusive pics and content. We're going to have some cool stuff over vacation I'm probably going to post. So make sure you go uh, subscribe uh, there. Plus, hit the link in the bio. Get you all the episodes uh, to stream absolutely free. We'll also take you to the merch page if you want to get a Don't Be a LeBron uh, t-shirt uh, or any of our fabulous uh, merch items. We've got some new stuff coming up. In fact, I don't know. I'm not... I'm we're not promoting this yet, but if you go on the page, you might see a brand new one. I'm just, I'm just telling you, if you want to check out Studio's merch and kind of scroll to the end, you might see something new. Uh, or you can consider becoming a true member of the team with your very own Blaze TV account. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew and enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks. Okay, New York. Uh, as you know, Andrew Cuomo is in the middle of trying to figure out how he's going to get himself out of big... I hate when this thing's uneven. It drives me crazy. Let me see. Is that better? I'm evening out my tie clip for those listeners on podcast. Okay, Andrew Cuomo is trying to get out of trouble. So what's he doing to get out of trouble? Well, he's trying to figure out every little distraction he can come up with. Uh, COVID basically just went away <laughs> in New York now. They're just like, ah, we don't care. Everyone can go out ev everywhere. I don't care. You want to have 447 people in a room that are unmasked? That's totally fine with me. Uh, just do it. Don't worry about it. Not, we're not trying to throw you off the scent of all the controversies. So the new one here is uh, something called Gender X. Dun, dun, dun. It's like Brood X. We're talking about cicadas. Are you a cicada? Do you identify as a cicada? If you do, put gender neutral X on your uh, forms in New York. Uh, New York state lawmakers passed a bill going to Cuomo for signature. According to the text of the Gender Recognition Act, courts would no longer require medical evidence once an, an individual petitions to either change their gender identity on an existing document or recognize their gender. This is pretty interesting. First of all, it's called the Gender Recognition Act, and it's adding something called Gender X, which is not telling you anything about their gender. Uh, it's actually the opposite of, t of recognizing what the gender is. <laughs> But I guess uh, if you happen to be gender X, you might not agree with that. Uh, the other part of that, which is kind of interesting, is now, you know, in the past, like there was this idea that if you were transgendered and you went from a boy to a girl, you would say, OK, I'm going to go through a process. Right. You might take hormones. You might do all sorts of uh, different things. You might have surgery. Right. To make this thing sort of complete. 
and then the state would say, well, okay, if you want the benefits or, uh, uh, that are equal to a man or a woman, if you, there's a difference in the way you're treated uh, in a particular circumstance, you need to kind of have some evidence of that. I don't know, a note from the doctor or something. Now they're just like, screw it, just click a, click a form and that's your gender changing. Just click a box on the internet and you've gone from boy to girl. You go back and forth over and over and over again. It'll be fantastic. I think we should be somebody in New York who just keeps doing it every day, every day, new gender. Just see what happens. See how many times you can do it without them asking you a question. Um, they are basically saying they're not going to ask you a question. Uh, and additionally, you can also now say father, mother, or parent when you uh, uh, have a child, which is to me unfortunate because they're not. There's no option for birthing person. At some point, they need to add that as well. It's exclusionary and it makes me angry. California is going down an, a, a similarly bizarre and dumb road. This one has to do with, with the choo-choo trains. We've talked to you about choo-choo trains many times. Choo-choo trains are very old technology. They are not helpful in commuting in almost every circumstance. Certainly no new ones are helpful. I used to take the train every single day from Pennsylvania to New York, actually New Jersey technically to New York. And it was fine. You know, there were some good things about it. You didn't have to pay attention to the road, get some work done on the train. It's kind of cool. But you were also, you know, there was some Jeffy-like person you were always sitting next to. Uh, and it wasn't, always, it wasn't always wonderful, I will tell you. Uh, but, of course, those train tracks were laid a long, long, long time ago. You're not going to rip them up, necessarily. To put in new train tracks is dumb. Trains are dumb. In the year 2021, they're just stupid, folks. I hate to break this to you. They're just dumb. You don't need them. They are, not, uh, they are not helpful, even if you have fast ones. Why? Because things go in the air and they fly much faster. Planes are here. They're here to stay. We've figured them out. Almost none of them crash. They go up in the air, they land. They go five, 600 miles an hour, and you get to the location you're going to go to in much uh, less time. So wasting a billion dollars on trains is dumb. Wasting one dollar on trains is dumb. Oh, see, my phone even liked that last one. Okay, so California's going to do it anyway. Now, Donald Trump stepped in and said, no, we're not giving you a billion dollars to build a stupid choo-choo train. California now is going to move ahead because Joe Biden is, of course, and somehow, somehow they've convinced themselves that this is green and it's going to really help the environment. This stuff never pans out, but this is what happens when, you know, a, a leftist president gets into office. Uh, they say they're going to employ all these workers, and now they're way, way, way over budget already on this project, and it had basically been um, trimmed down by about 80%, uh, the scope of it. It was supposed to, in the law, it said, <laughs> this is what I love about, the, about progressives. They, in the law, and it's, I'm going to butcher the numbers at this point, but let's just, let's do something we can all, uh, we can all kind of uh, recognize. It's like it said basically like the, the train has to go 900 miles an hour. And it's like, well, we don't have a train that goes 900 miles an hour. And they said, well, it's in the law. It has to go 900 miles per hour. Make it go 900 miles per hour. And they said, well, we don't have a train that goes 900 miles per hour. And they said, look, it's already been voted on. Make it go 900 miles per hour. Shockingly, that was not enough to make a train go 900 miles an hour. Why couldn't they just wish it so? They voted on it after all. So they had to rework the entire thing. It's been a complete disaster, but why not go back down that road? You know, if, if you happen to be standing in the middle of a train track and get hit by a train over and over again, do you change your approach? I would, 
but apparently the Biden administration would not. And uh, there's a new story out about companies here in Pride Month talking about um, the way that these companies are all turning their logos uh, rainbow colors. And they are doing all these fabulous, fabulous things. Rolling Stone's pissed off because these companies are backing uh, gay pride with their gay uh, pride flags, but then are not, unfortunately, giving to the politicians they want. And so much of this, especially from companies and left-wing media corporations, are about getting money and votes to the right party. It's got nothing to do with, with uh, gay rights or anything like that. This is, a, you know, it's really, for companies, it's about selling crap. And they know it looks good, and they know that they're doing the right thing uh, for, uh, for a lot of the people buying the stuff. So it's a positioning statement, which demeans the whole thing, right? I mean, I, I, know of, uh, I, I know of no gay people who are like, you know what? Damn it, if freaking Frosted Flakes would just tell me being gay was okay, then I would be super gay. I would be triple gay. That's not the way this works. People are just gay or they're not. Uh, that's just kind of that's the situation. Or you could also be I'm just going to throw this out there. Gender X. All right. So you're standing in the wine aisle, staring at the shelves, tons of selections. Do you want the California red? Do you want something from Oregon? Do you want something organic? Do you want something with a nice pretty label? I don't know. There's a gazillion of them. And unless you've ever had that particular bottle before, you don't know if it's any good. That's why there's First Leaf. Why not get kind of everything? A little of everything. Uh, First Leaf is a fully customizable wine club. It sends curated boxes of wines that are perfect for you. My wife uh, gets First Leaf, and she got this. And this is her getting in one of the boxes. It comes in. There's a zillion different. I think I can't remember how many uh, come in each box, but they're all different flavors. And it's not just random. Like here's a variety pack, and four of the six you're not going to like. No, no. You go in there. You fill out a little questionnaire. First Leaf sends you. Bottles of wine specifically chosen for you and your taste. What do you like? Do you like sweet wines? That's what my wife likes. She likes Moscato. She likes Rieslings. She gets the sweet stuff. So the sweet stuff comes from First Leaf. And it's stuff she's never tried before, and she loves it. It's a great idea. You'll get six bottles of wine, uh, really an inexpensive way, to only $29.95. So five bucks a bottle? It's incredible. Free shipping, too. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. Tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. Six bottles of wine. $29.95, free shipping. You're not going to beat this offer. Try firstleaf.com slash stew. For some unknown, inexplicable reason, Anthony Weiner is back in the news. It's incredible. How is this guy back in the news again? How are we hearing from him again? Uh, he has a wonderful profile. Look, he's just had these problems and everything is he's been. It's so blown out of proportion. And he's really a good guy, you know, just loves his kids and blah, blah, blah. The typical type of thing you'd see in one of these things. Uh, he's back on uh, the Confide app, which is, I guess, a messaging app. Uh, and it's the one he got caught on texting the 15 year old girl before. So good to see he's back. Giving that a whirl again. It worked out really well last time. Um, he also uh, has the laptop still. Now, if you remember the sequence of events, Anthony Weiner, they find his laptop has uh, Hillary Clinton emails on it. Uh, they make the announcement about the emails like 10 days before the election. Donald Trump winds up winning the election. Uh, and and then, you know, uh, that's history, right? Well, um, he still has the laptop. He said he said he's been considering calling up the MyPillow guy and sell, selling it to him, which is actually a really funny idea. Glenn would buy this uh, if uh, Weiner 
is probably watching the show. He's got nothing else to do. Uh, Anthony, I'm sure Glenn will buy your laptop and put it in the museum if, if you'd like to turn it in. Uh, we'll have conversations off the air. But I thought it would be a good time to look back at his uh, mayoral campaign. He had a great commercial that I remember from back in the day. Check it out. Hi, I'm Anthony Weiner. This was my neighborhood growing up. A middle-class kid in Brooklyn. I thought we had it all. I went to PS 69. My mom was a school teacher for 31 years. And we played stickball late into the night, every night, right here in this park. This is the classic New York story. You work really hard, you make it into the middle class, and you make life slightly, almost not even noticeably better for your children. And you're always there to lend a fellow New Yorker a helping hand. How's it going, buddy? That's how this city was built. It's about parents and children. It's about grandparents and grandchildren. I'm Anthony Weiner, and no, I'm not perfect. I sure hope you can forgive the mistakes I've made in the past. And that mistake I just made. And the mistake I have planned for next Thursday at field hockey practice at PS69, the school I grew up going to, right here in Brooklyn. Don't worry, kids, I'll get it. Incognito does not mean invisible. This is a lesson that is super important to learn and remember. So how you uh, may, Anthony Weiner should probably remember it, honestly. How do you make yourself as invisible as possible online? ExpressVPN. Now only if you're not Anthony Weiner, if you're don't even go on the internet if you're Anthony Weiner, but if you're a normal person, ExpressVPN is the place you should go because even in incognito mode, your online activity still gets tracked and your data can be sold to brokers, they can, hackers can get involved. Data harvesters use your IP address to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and your IP address is masked. Best of all, ExpressVPN is super easy to use no matter what device you're on, phone, laptop, smart TV. All you have to do is tap one button for instant protection. So if you really want to go incognito and protect your privacy, secure yourself with a number one rated VPN. Visit expressvpn.com slash stew. Get three months for free. Expressvpn.com, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash stew. Check it out now, expressvpn.com slash stew. We talked earlier this week about El Salvador getting into the Bitcoin game in a big way. It's like an official currency now. You have to accept it uh, as a legal tender in the country. They're also going to be setting up um, a new uh, mining operation there based on geothermal energy from a volcano. I, I mean, is there anything cooler than this story? Uh, it's going on. By the way, Elon Musk, if you happen to be watching, which I know you do, you and Anthony Weiner are always watching, sometimes together. Uh, you should know, completely clean, 100% clean. Bitcoin is coming to El Salvador in a big way. And Israeli archaeologists, uh, they found an amazing thing, a thousand-year-old egg. And 1,000 years old, I and mean, this is the type of thing you live for if you're an archaeologist. Um, and then, of course, they accidentally broke it. <laughs> 
So if you're having a bad day today, I mean, it's Friday. How could you be having a bad day today? But if you're having a bad day, remember, at least you didn't find a priceless artifact and then break it. I will say there's nothing more priceless than this artifact right here. It's a Nancy Pelosi sucks pen available now at nancypelosisuckspen.com or stewdoesmerch.com. We have the don't be an idiot, don't be a LeBron t-shirt. Something kind of new I think you're going to like as well is going up there if it's not up already. Anyway, I'm off on vacation next week. I will see you the week after and uh, it's going to be a great time. We'll see you then.